see. All right. So, uh, yeah. So tell me about uh, that Anne Rule book that you just read. The Stranger Beside Me. Yeah. Um, by Anne Rule. By Anne Rule. Oh, wait a minute. Do we think we should introduce, her, introduce no, ourselves? No, that's right. That's right. No. No. All right. You're Alana. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> well, so what happened? We just got done drinking cider. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just like a little bit taken back from that kitchen experience. What was it like <laughs> from your standpoint, though? Of what? Of what happened in the kitchen just now. Um, with the cider? Yeah. Um, Maybe you should explain what happened. Okay, so we just went to the store, got a couple of bottle openers. Rick was trying to open the... The uh, Martinelli's apple cider, sparkling apple cider. Yeah, so you had given me like a week ago. Right. Yeah. And uh, the first bottle opener was too small. Uh, he tried this one, but the stupid thing wouldn't come off. So the first bottle opener was last week. <laughs> last week. Yeah. And, um, and I tried to open it in front of you, and I'm like, this is too small. <laughs> right. And then, um, so he tried the, the one today that we bought, and, um, well, it didn't quite come off. The seal sort of broke. Yeah. Didn't quite come off, so he decided to pour it sideways, and a little bit came out. So we had, like, um, half-empty glasses of cider. It took, like, ten minutes to get, like, a half-empty glass. Yeah, and then then the quesadilla thing. Oh, yeah, um, tell tell what happened. (laughs) You've never made quesadillas before. No. So I've made quesadillas before, but tell tell me your experience. I didn't do very well. Um, I I put too much cheese on the first two, and they were going to be put on the grill, but they fell apart. And so I took two other tortillas out, uh, took the cheese from the other tortillas, put that on the new ones, and uh, along with the guacamole and the or the yeah the guacamole and the the taco sauce, and they could have looked better, but that was uh, <laughs> my first time making them. Those. Would you? Would you? You <laughs> now would it be fair to say that I'm more of the like cook in this relationship? Of course. But you're getting better at it. Uh yeah yeah. I mean maybe I mean, you shouldn't make me a quesadilla, but you are getting better. <laughs> Well, who would I practice on? Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, right, and, and also folding them was another uh, thing for me. That was that was a little bit. I I, I didn't fold it very well. Yeah. <laughs> I put so much cheese on it. Yeah. Don't do that, folks. Um, but otherwise, uh, our our dinner was good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so so now uh, I told you. Let's talk about books. Okay. I had told you uh, about Anne Rule, mm-hmm. who wrote this in- this interesting book called *The Stranger Beside Me*. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us your thoughts on the book. What was it? What did you expect to get out of it? You know that type of thing. Um, well, first off, that was a really good book, but very creepy. Yeah. Very very creepy. What's it about? Ted. Bundy. I mean, I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is about Ted Bundy. For anyone who'd be listening to this, um, very good. Um, I can't remember exactly. Yes, yes I know. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, uh, Ted Bundy, very good. It was a very good story about Ted Bundy, although the creepy part was that Anne Rule knew him for 10 years. He, she was very good friends with him. She corresponded with him most of the time for the relationship, for the, the, the so-called friendship, I guess you could say. Um, it was interesting. Now, how, how did she know him? Uh, they worked at a, cro- a crisis hotline. And interestingly enough, um, he actually uh, was very good at talking to people that were just about ready to kill themselves. Interesting. Yeah. Because you wouldn't think that somebody like that would be good in that situation. But according to Anne, 
he well, and, and some people think that Anne and him had something more going yeah. on than just a friendship. Well, I have, and, and I would be one of those people. Yeah, well, well, I have a different take on it. I think um, that she was more emotionally invested. Well, she said that he reminded her of her younger brother. Yes, she said that. Who ended up dying. Right. Right. Um, and so the connection was more that he was a younger brother to her, not that he was a lover. But, I mean, I, I kind of felt reading the book and reading the afterwards that they might have been, like, lovers. I, I had a feeling that she was not completely honest, but I also think that she she put more into it than he did. Okay. I, I mean, because of, you know, the letters that he was sending her, some of them were really hostile. Uh, it didn't seem like he was interested, I guess. I don't know. You, know the, you, you thought that maybe she would have been in a relationship, but he wouldn't be? Yes. Because he was older or what? Because she was older, he pro- she probably wasn't his type because she, you know, he, you know, he liked a certain type of girl. Yeah. You know, obviously younger, darker haired. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my opinion, but I don't, I don't think she, he would have been interested in her. So you think had it been her choice, yep. something would have gone on between the two of them? Probably. Yeah. I mean, she was getting a divorce, and her her ex husband did die. So yeah. I mean, not by Ted, by the way. Not by Ted. <laughs> but but he, was he only did. In the girls. Right. As far as we know. Exactly. That, I'm talking about <laughs> you know, killing, obviously. Not. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Um, um, yeah. So I think she would have been much more interested in him, and he probably wouldn't be in her. So, I mean, I guess that would kind of explain why she was, like, fawning over him. In my opinion, it seemed like she was fawning over him in some parts of the book. Yeah, because she did try to reiterate, uh, I only like him as an older sister, right? But she kept sending him money. She did, I know. At one point in the book, she's like, she gets this letter from him saying, hey, thank you for the $10, and she thinks to herself, how many letters like that have I gotten from him? How many $10 have I given him? How many have I given him? And she guesstimates that it was around 40 times that she'd given him. Right. Commissary money. Right, exactly. Which seems like a, a, a tad much if you're... That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I would think that if you're in prison and you need money for commissary, it probably wouldn't cost very much. I don't know. Well, no, but you got to think of all the things. You're not all looking at... things, yeah. You're not looking at it from the perspective of, I'm just in prison. You're looking at, like, I got to get uh, toiletries. Right, I exactly. I got to get food. I mean, you, exactly, you got yeah. your basic food needs, but... But yeah, four yeah, probably forty times. Yeah, I mean that is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot. You wouldn't just you know give somebody money you know, just to unless um, you were fucking them. Well, or no, I don't think she was. I really don't. Okay. How could she? He was like, not really in her life much. I mean, uh, depending you know the the, the times that they were um, not corresponding, yeah. and he didn't she didn't see him for months. Yeah. I don't know. I just. There, there could not be... I don't think there was a time where they could have, you know, been physical with each other. I, don't, I just... I don't see it. I mean, what about after the Christmas party? Yeah, but... What, I don't know. What about when she went to meet him? Uh, uh, not at the French restaurant, but she met him like a couple months later to go out and eat. And it was just him. And he was bragging on how well he did at getting rid of the detectives. Uh-huh. Who were on his trail all the time in Seattle. This yeah. would have been like 76, I want to say. Yeah, probably around that time, yeah. You don't, But you still don't think anything? No, else. I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, there may have been, but it just doesn't seem like it, like they could have 
because he went back to where he was going, and he was, you know, traveling a lot. So I don't know. You don't think anything happened? Not physically, no. Okay. Maybe emotionally, but not physically. Well, it was interesting to me, and I know we we've read different editions of the same book, and the one that I read had um, more information because it was published a little bit later, mm-hmm. and it talked about how she cried the morning that she found out that he died. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm sure she had um, love for him, but again, I I think that she um, was more emotionally invested. Yeah. I think there was more like an emotional affair for her than anything. Okay. That's what I think it is. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I And I, I've told you this private, you know, I've told you this before that a lot of the guys I know think that something definitely happened between the two of them. Hmm. Um, and, th- and this is obviously where you and I differ. Right. What are some takeaways from the book for you? Um, don't, listen to it at night unless you really want to be creeped out because <laughs> I was okay I really was I mean I, I I mean this one part I won't say what happened but I thought that that something could happen to me well, who told you was... to listen to it at night <laughs> nobody did I did I was just I was up awake oh, okay and I <laughs> I did and so I and you remember that one time I called you and I'm like uh or you called me or whoever called and I said I kind of got freaked out because yeah. there was a you know, somebody saw a club, and and I thought, oh, geez, what if somebody's under the under our house trying to hit something or someone? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait a minute, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's creepy, but um, it's very good. You read another one of her books. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I just finished a book called Small Sacrifices. It's about the Diane Downs. Now, what did you think of that book in comparison to The Stranger Beside Me? I think The Stranger Beside Me is her best book, Mm -hmm. but I think Small Sacrifices is pretty good. Um, I think that Small Sacrifices is probably the most disturbing. Really? Okay, we disagree. Well, I mean, they're both disturbing, okay? Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, mean, Ted Bunny, yes, of course, is disturbing. Yeah. But it's even more disturbing to me because it's a woman who is on trial for attempting to kill three of her kids and she killed one of them okay and not only that it was found out in the end of the towards the end of the book that she was um diagnosed with three personality disorders yeah and uh she couldn't you know and she was a she was a surrogate mom once uh in the in the book she carried a baby for a family once and she was going to do it again uh to compensate for her abortion and for those reasons, you feel that uh, small sacrifices was more disturbing. It was okay it, it, because as a woman, and if, you know, thinking about you know, if I ever had any kids, what would possess a mother to kill her children unless it was for uh, you know something like selfish, like a man or or sitting um, too close to the TV? No, no, not that. No, that's not selfish. Okay, that's stupid. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> And so, um, that was, you know, and especially her journal entries were really disturbing too, because she was in denial about a lot of things mm. and she could write about love and the, you know, having love for your children or having good times with your children. But in, in reality, it wasn't that way. So this is interesting to me because the books, <clears throat> they end similarly, but also differently right. because, uh, they both go to prison. Mm-hmm. But Ted Bundy is executed mm-hmm. while Diane Downs is led to uh, live out the rest of her life. Right. And, yeah, and I think she should have been executed. But, of course, in, in that time, uh, Oregon 
did not have the death penalty, um, so she couldn't have been executed in Oregon. Um, but I think she should have been executed somehow. Somehow. Uh, some, I, I think she should have been executed uh, in a different state, maybe. But that's not really possible because no, you I have to try that. somebody under the laws of the state that they're That's in. true, but yeah, I, I think she should have been executed mm. either way, even though she, she couldn't have been. But it was, um, it was good. Uh, I just I thought it was interesting because she was a very smart woman. Uh, IQ level was very high, but she thought she could outsmart detectives, the detectives that were on the case, yeah. and also the prosecutor. But she didn't. She wasn't smart enough. She, she couldn't have done it. They already figured her out. What were some takeaways from this book? Um, I just couldn't believe that it happened um, you know, so close to home. Because I've been to Springfield and Eugene, mm-hmm. you know, um, she's only, she only went, she was only there for a little while, like a good year. Yeah. Uh, before she was tried. And it's just, I mean, uh, some of the streets I was familiar with, like I heard of old Mohawk. Um, I don't believe I've been to Marcola, that area. Um, but it's, it's. It's interesting. It's yeah. just interesting that it's um, it's so close to home. Yeah. I mean, of all the places, why did, uh, you know, she moves to Oregon. Well, the Ted Bundy book was pretty close to home, too. Yeah, it was in Seattle. It's yeah. Seattle, but they speculated that he probably killed some women up here in Oregon, too. Maybe, yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I, I don't think that they've proven that, but I think that there's, there's evidence to suggest that. Right. Yep. So, um... That's what I thought about that one. It was very good, but I think it was time for me to take a break from some true crime stuff. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. How are you doing that now? Um, I started the Confeder- a Confederacy of Dunces, which I'm not too far into, but it is really funny so far. Who told you to read that? I told you to that read that. That would be you. I told you. That's one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a good way to sort of get out of the true crime realm for a little while because it's funny... Uh, it takes your mind off of, you know, some of the other uh, images that you might have been reading about recently. Right. So it's just a good, fun book uh, that is very, very well written. Just the, the alone, the um, sub- description of Ignatius Riley himself, like Ignatius what he was J. wearing. Ignatius J. Riley. Yep, Ign- Ignatius J. Riley. And, you know, himself, like what he looked like when he was waiting uh, in front of the uh, D.H. Holmes department store. Or in it. I think he was in it. No, he was in out front in front of it. of it. Yeah. And that um, he thought that people that had expensive things had uh, didn't have a sense of theology or geometry, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two different subjects all together. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You could see somebody with some shiny ring or whatever, and you're like, you, have a be- you don't have a sense of ge- theology or geometry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I'm interested to find out. You know, and then the old man, um, you know, they were saying that the old man was a communist. And uh, the officer did not arrest Ignatius, but he arrested the old man. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> at the very beginning. I am. Um, I'm, because I've, I've read the book three times. Wow. Well, I've, I've read it once and I've listened to the audiobook twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's an amazing, amazing book. Well, I, you know, I feel weird about calling an audiobook a reading experience. Well, that's because you're listening to it. I think, 
I don't know. I I I mean, yeah, it would be great if I had a braille version of it. Yeah. But I like listening to it too because it take you know, listening to it for hours uh can really you can still get a lot out of it. How do you feel though about people who say I read a book when they really just listen to it? I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I would probably say that I listened to it. I didn't actually read it. Yeah. But if they think that they read it, they think that they read it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't really I'm not really a, a stickler for it. Ooh. But if it were me, I would say that I listened to it. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any more thoughts on the uh, Anne Rule books? No. Um, no, but they're they're very good. Yeah. They're, if you like a really good true crime, uh, true crime mystery kind of a person, then you should read those two and other uh, other her other books. Are you going to read uh, more of her other books in the future, like her book on the Green River Killer? I might. Yes. I also love a good mystery, too, and I've been reading, you know, I love Mary Higgins Clark books. What's What's the one you got me to listen to? Uh, oh, 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 it's called I'll Be Seeing You. Yeah, that's the one about, like, the baby ring uh, from the fertility cl- clinic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, that was part of it. Yeah. That was part of it, but the news, the news reporter uh, saw a, a dead woman that looks just like her. That was... The crazy part of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was very good. And and supposedly that is her most suspenseful book to date. But they always say that on the book covers, don't they? No. No? No, not on the other books that, I, that I've read from her. Sometimes they say this is her most boring book to date. This is a book. <laughs> if you're going to skip any one of Mary Higgins Clark's books, this is the one to <laughs> no, skip. No, no. I bet she would put it on the cover, though. Well, I would put that on the cover? Yeah. I would probably put that on. I'll put it on. As a joke. I didn't have a fun time with this book at all. But here, I hope you enjoy it. I just you know, didn't like it. <laughs> and if you don't enjoy it, you can always return this book. Assuming that the bookstore is still open, of course. Yeah, just leave. Yeah, just what you do is you, you wrap it up as a present. And you leave. You also leave the receipt in the bag. Yep. It says here, yeah. If you uh, don't like it, just return it to the store. Yeah. <laughs> And they'll, they'll uh, you know, refund you. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you never bought it. Even though you never bought it. <laughs> My friend gave me this book and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you also, before we wrap up, you also mm-hmm. um, saw an interview that Ted Bundy gave. Oh, yeah. I got to talk about that. Talk, talk to me. So... James Dobson, as you know, the Focus on the Family guy. Focus on the Family, just so I understand this right, is this really conservative Christian organization that goes after uh, entertainers who they feel are a little bit too lewd and outraged. I think I heard Howard Stern Um, talking about... They don't always go after entertainers. I mean, their their main focus is on uh, preserving the family. I thought it was, but it was mostly about entertaining. Because I think I I heard Howard Stern talk about them once and said that they were like... Protesting or something like that. Uh, no. No. Mm-mm. I'm be, I, I mean, know. I mean, it, it was probably like that for for Ted Bundy. Okay. For Ted Bundy's interview. Well, so tell me, tell me your take on focus on the family. What it is, so I understand it. Um. Well, I, I think their main goal is to focus on um keeping the family together. Okay. Uh, keeping the family unit together, because they believe that, and and I believe this too, that um you know since families, if the family falls apart, then children are, um, uh, that's how, that's how children get in trouble because of the, the, the family, 
uh, unit being torn apart with you know with single fathers and single mothers and yeah uh, the, but their but their main focus is to keep the family together. So how did they promote this idea of keeping the family? Together? Um. Well, I think we're going off subject here. No, no, no. This all relate. This all relate. <laughs> okay, okay. Because um, it gives an idea of who well, James just, Dobson is and it his just, beliefs. It just talks. Well, they would have people on the show. I, I, um, that would talk about um, things that they would do with in in their family as far as you know how they grew up and things like that and what you know books people would be writing. Uh, Stuff like that. Okay, so it's kind of like a conduit for people to talk about methods that they've used to keep their family together and strong. Right, and they talk about marriages, you know, talk about um, about keeping a strong marriage, or yeah. they'll have people, they'll have couple that, they'll have couples on that have been married for years and that it, it didn't always, you know, it, it wasn't always perfect, of course, but they're still married. You know, things like that. Okay. Yeah, so it wasn't just about, you know, going after entertainers that are... Um, that are not familiar yeah, with the values. Yeah, and the only thing, I, I thought I heard Howard Stern talk about them once years ago, and it may have been me just, like, mishearing that, too. Right. Um, but but James Dobson interviewed your Ted buddy. Ted Bundy. My buddy. Your buddy. No, he's not my buddy. Okay. He's nobody's buddy. Okay. He's dead. Sorry. <laughs> but he interviewed uh, Ted Bundy. Yes. It was a very interesting interview. You could tell that Ted was really smart. He was, he was talking matter-of-factly. And in, in fact, there were some things that he wouldn't talk about, like Anne Marie Burr. Yeah. Um, not Anne Marie Burr, but the but. Well, he didn't talk about her either. No, he didn't. He he talked like when when he when James was asking about the, some of the girls, he just couldn't talk about it, which yeah. I was really surprised. Be just because he talked. Well, I guess because Anne Rule was a friend of his, so he didn't. You know. Well, there was that openness with Anne because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. But I think also my some of the things. Some of the reasons he might have not wanted to talk so openly uh, with the James Dobson interview is mm-hmm. because it was the night before his execution. It was. It was the night because he was he was expected to be um, executed that the next morning. He was. Yeah. He was. Um, now I will say this. I think, and I I don't agree with this, and I don't think you agree with this either. He used uh, pornography to not to justify it, but he said that you know that it's what made him do the things he did. But but. Even even if a person was was watching pornography, okay, and it could be any- as you do. No, I don't. Okay, as you stop do. it, Sorry. stop it. Sorry. <laughs> On the subject here, um, just because a person watches pornography doesn't mean they're going to become violent no. and kill somebody. No, he chose to do that for whatever reason, whether it was his ex girlfriend or what. That's still not a good reason. That's still not a good. Um, reason to kill anyone, okay? But pornography would not have made him do it. But that was his scapegoat. That was his scapegoat, yeah. And the reason that he was doing that was because he wanted to get off the death row or at least have a stay of execution. I don't think it worked for him, though. Well, no, it uh, It obviously didn't. obviously didn't work for him. But, but, I mean, if I was a a person that didn't know him, and and I don't, I mean, if I was a person that didn't know the case or didn't read about the case, I I still wouldn't believe him. I mean, if that was the reason why he wanted to get off was, oh, because pornography made me do it or whatever. I just, there had to have, there, you know, I don't know. I I think he was trying to make his last plea to the public so that he wouldn't be executed. He would be, he would, people would have mercy on him and believe his story. But, Mm. 
But he said that he, I know that he, it was interesting, he said that he um, doesn't blame his parents because he said he had good parents. And uh, he did get into drugs and alcohol at a young age and pornography and stuff. And I don't know. A lot of this is is speculation. Yeah. But uh, a rumor that I've heard is that his grandfather was actually his father. Okay. Uh, And again, I don't know that to be fact. I just know what what I've heard here and there. So and it's possible that he may have wanted them to seem like the ideal family from the fifties, for whatever reason. You know, maybe he didn't want people to take it out on his mom, or mm. maybe it's just because he liked that idea of, of that family image, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so a lot of the speculation is that he did not have a perfect family. I mean, no one has a perfect family, but that he had a really fucked up family. Mm. Uh, but he wanted to hide that for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he was just messed up and it wasn't his family. I kind of think it, there's probably a little bit of both there, right? Like, if, if your grandfather impregnates your mom, there's going to be a few issues. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, his mother never told him until later on. Or he didn't find out until later on. About? About his, you know, that his, 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 um, uh, about his father. That she, um, his father, you know, his father left his mother. So the speculation yeah. was that she got pregnant by somebody and that, well, this is, this is a story that he's told. Right, exactly. Is that his mother got pregnant by somebody, she went away to give birth to him, she came back and lived with the grandparents for three or four years, yep. and then she moved did. away and married some other guy. Yeah, she did, yeah, that's right, because, oh, that's right, because, um, because, and he, he I, I don't know if he was resentful towards his mother, or maybe he was, I don't know. But but you know what was interesting too? Tell um, me. Meg, yes, his uh, longtime girlfriend who he never married, uh, he stuck with her. Uh, but I think uh, Anne was saying that it's probably because he remind she reminded him of his mother Louise, because she gave him unconditional love. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Mm. But then he ends up marrying Carol Ann Boone, which in the weirdest way possible. Yeah. I just thought it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. And in fact, giving her a child. Yeah. Which I think is even more weirder and very sad. But, yeah. <laughs> it's just... It was an interesting turn of events towards the end of the book. Yeah. But that, that Ted Bunny interview, I wasn't creeped out by it, but I, I didn't feel sorry for the guy. I didn't. No. It was definitely... Well, if anything, it makes you feel more sorry for his victims. Yes, 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 yes. And and to think that, you know, this this young, handsome guy uh, it doesn't look like a murderer, but he did commit a lot of murders. Um, and it was a person that used to work at a crisis hotline. Yeah. So, so odd. But I think he fooled a lot of people. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. So, anyway... That was it. That's my thing. Awesome. Well, this was a, a fun experience. It was. It was. Yes. It was. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm glad we did this. Yes. Did this. Yes. All right. All right.